Opening Our Homes to the Sacred Heart, a presentation by Father Daniel Couture, to promote the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary in every Catholic home, fostering the social and universal kingship of Christ and the peaceful reign of Mary's Immaculate Heart, promised by Our Lady at Fatima. Part 3. Enthronement and Adoration In this talk, Father Couture explains how one ought to carry out the enthronement and night adoration, practical and essential ways by which our Lord reigns in the Catholic home. I'm Father Daniel Couture, and I would like to talk to you about the Sacred Heart. This is the third of a three-part series on opening our homes to the Sacred Heart. And I would like, in this talk, to focus very precisely on the enthronement of the Sacred Heart and the night adoration in the home. As an introduction, to use some of the great promoters of the enthronement's ideas, there has been three major apostasies in the history. The first apostasy was that of the angels, of Lucifer, who refused to serve. I will not serve. And he took with him, as St. John says in the Apocalypse, one-third of the stars of heaven. The dragon took one-third of the stars, so perhaps one-third of the angels fell into hell. The second apostasy was, unfortunately, our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed, they rejected the submission to the Creator. The third apostasy, we are living it now, let's say, since the 16th century. Martin Luther said yes to Christ, but no to the Pope who is the vicar of Christ. But our Lord had said, he who rejects you rejects me. No. 1517. 1717, the Freemasons said, yes to God, but no to Christ. We don't want Christ to reign over us. And so they cut the head of Louis XVI in 1789. In 1917, you see there's every 200 years something is happening. 1917, the communists said, no to God. We'll just keep nature as it is. And now we've gone even further than the communist revolution with Vatican II. We have witnessed the decatholization of nations. Countries that were Catholics have rejected the kingship of Christ, rejected the primacy of the doctrine Christ has passed on to us and through his apostles. They have truly uncrowned him. Since Vatican II, recently, Archbishop Vigano has even said the same. They have taken his crown away from him. Jesus is no longer the king. Before I 
come to the actual enthronement, what it is and what it is not, I would like to recall to your mind certain words of the gospel, certain promises made by our blessed Lord in the gospel. So here's a, a few quotes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be yours as well. I am the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly there shall flow rivers of living waters. Now this he said of the Spirit. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Behold the dwelling of God with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. He who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And one more. He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. It is important to recall these promises which our Lord made in the gospel as we are going to bring this doctrine of the sacred heart home through the enthronement of the sacred heart in the home. First, I would like very simply to say what the enthronement is not. We will eliminate wrong ideas about the enthronement. The enthronement is not just the blessing of the home. That can be a part of the enthronement. If you have a priest present, tell him in advance that you also want him to bless your home. The enthronement is not just the setting up of a little shrine, a little oratory, where there will be a picture of the Sacred Heart or a statue of the Sacred Heart. It's not just hanging a picture, another picture. The enthronement is not just a quick consecration, just another prayer with no change in the family life, no change in the furniture, in the decoration of the home, in the, the layout of the home, in the activities of the family. So the enthronement is not just an act. It's like, Marriage is not just the day of the wedding. It lasts for the rest of life, till death do you part. So 
So that is how the enthronement has to be seen. The word enthronement. So secondly, what it is. What does the word mean? Enthronement means to put on a throne, to give him the throne, to make our Lord the king of the house, as St. Paul says, ut in omnibus ipse primatum teneat, that in all things he may hold the first place. That in all things he may hold the first place. In all things. That will include what you watch on TV, what you do on your vacation, and so on. So, you see, it, it is something very, it's very important. It's giving him the first place. He will have a say on everything we do at home and at work. So, enthronement. You're putting our Lord on the throne, so making him the king. What is a king? A king is a ruler. A ruler makes laws, forbids certain things, arrange the army, will protect the kingdom, will make laws, will organize the country. So, if our Lord is king, he comes with his laws, with his commandments. He said in the gospel, we quoted a moment ago, he who loves me, we will come and make our abode in him. He who loves me will keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. So, that is going to be part of his kingship in the home. So, there will be the Ten Commandments of God, of course. But that means to remove from the home any sinful items. There's a sinful image on the wall. If there's an occasion of sin, is there something in the home which you would not keep if Jesus was living with your family? Would you be watching these movies if Jesus was sitting next to you? Would you be going on these websites if our Lord was standing behind your chair? Would you allow the members of the family to go in their bedroom with their cell phone, kids particularly, teenagers, with their cell phone, knowing that our Lord is being scourged in another room to make up for sins of the flesh. You see, he must have the first place in all things, gadget, electronics, activities, anything to do with the Ten Commandments. There must not be an occasion of sin, a permanent occasion of sin in the home. If our Lord is there, it means to observe the laws of the church, going to mass, the fasting, to live the liturgical year, to live in union with the liturgy. It means that our Lord wants to reign through the Father. The Father is the head of the home, as uh, we read in one beautiful book called Fathers, written by Father Jean Dominique, Dominican. The father is, in the home, is a king, a prophet, and a priest. A king because the father makes laws to regulate, to rule his families. There's laws concerning eating, studying, playing, family prayers. There's rules. We're going to do this at certain times. The father organizes the family life. Does not allow certain people to come into the home will protect his family if the family is attacked. So he's, he's a mini king, but he must be like 
the great kings, he must realize he's the lieutenant of Christ, taking the place of Christ. He's a prophet. The father is kind of a prophet. Prophet are those who speak in the name of God. So the father must know his faith, must be the first catechist, the first educator of the home. The mother educates, but she's delegated from the father. The first educator of the home is the father. The father must know his catechism better than any of the children. He must be the leader in matter of knowledge and faith. And if you don't know about educate yourself. Continue your formation if you are a father. And the father is, is a priest in the sense that, not saying mass, but in the sense the priest is the mediator. The priest is the one who brings gifts to God and brings back the mercies of God, the graces of God. So the father will make his family pray morning, before, after the meals, and evening prayers, going to Mass on Sundays. So the Father is doing all these roles. So our Lord must reign in our fathers. They must be the leaders of the homes. Must reign in the mothers. They're the hearts of the home. And as they say, the, the, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. The mother must give to her children when they're born to pass on the faith with her milk and with all the food she gives her children. Education is, is of every day, and especially she has to pray a lot. The Irish mothers of old had a prayer for everything, a prayer to set the table, a prayer to do the dishes, a prayer to peel the potatoes, a prayer to work in the garden. There was a prayer for everything. They were praying all day long for their family, for the husband, for the children and making sacrifices. So our Lord wants to ring in the heart of mothers, open to life, modest, pure. A saintly mother makes a saintly family. It's, it's the heart. And through the parents, as we said, our Lord must ring in the education given to the children. Proper education, proper Catholic schools. Put your nose into all the books the children are, are looking at, are learning from. Otherwise, the enemy will creep in. Remember the parable. When we were sleeping, the enemy sowed cockle. When we were sleeping. So, parents must not sleep in matters of education. Otherwise, later on, you'll be crying when the kids become adults. Our Lord must reign in the whole. So, he's a king. So, he has the right to rule. He has the right to make laws and to forbid things and to demand things. The enthronement is a consecration. And in the prayers of the enthronement, there is a consecration of the home to the sacred heart. The home as a family, the people, because you might have to move according to your circumstances of your life, but also the building, the, the house, the rooms, the everything. So we use the word consecration. It's an analogical word. It's like the consecration at Mass. Perfect consecration is the one at Mass. And what happens when the priest takes bread and says, and Jesus says through the priest, this is my body. Before it was just bread, but now this is the body of Christ. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's no longer bread. It has all the appearance, but it's no longer bread. This is the body of God, the blood of God, the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, there's a complete 
change, which the church called transubstantiation. So, you understand that, that you believe this, this is the faith. Well, now we apply this to the consecration of a family to the sacred heart. The home, it's an ordinary household, but now that consecrates itself to the sacred heart, and normally, as we will see in a moment, there is a priest present saying the prayer with the Father. That's the normal way to do the enthronement. And therefore, this ordinary house, ordinary people, by the enthronement, by the consecration, becomes another Nazareth, becomes another Bethany. It's a house where God lives. That's a consecration. There has to be a change in the spirit of the home. We see this. We priests, by visiting homes, we can see that a family is Catholic, lives the Catholic faith. You can see that at table. You can see that the way the children are dressed, the way they play. You can see that in their face. Little children are often like little angels. These so beautiful faces of these innocent children. A home where our Lord is known where the children know their catechism, where the parents take an interest in the religious knowledge of the children, little one and older ones, even in university, talking about political issues, talking about the social kingship of Christ. It is a home where our Lord is loved, where all the members know that Jesus wants to save souls, and so we need, he needs our sacrifices. St. Paul said, I complete in my flesh what is lacking, what is missing, to the passion of Christ. What is missing? My personal sacrifices. My drop of water into the cup of his blood. That is missing. It's a home where our Lord is obeyed. As we said, the commandments of God, the laws of the church, and a serious spiritual life. And a home where our Lord is consoled. A home where the members know that our Lord is being offended. Now, with the closing of churches, with Eucharistic profanations, with all kind of idolatry, with all kind of attacks against the church, against the sacraments, against the Ten Commandments, where sin against the Sixth Commandment are now approved by governments. And so, by millions, these mortal sins are committed. Well, our Lord is looking for homes where there will be reparation. So, the enthronement, I would say, is the nearest thing to have a priest come to your house and transform one of the rooms into a chapel and leave the Blessed Sacrament. What spirit would be in a home where next door there's the Blessed Sacrament? You'd be watching your words. You would be watching even your temper, you'll be watching what you do on the internet when you know that next room there's the Blessed Sacrament. That's a home that our Lord is looking for. So the enthronement is the putting on, on a throne of our King so that he will reign in our household. But our Lord never comes alone. Our Lord comes with his mother. She's always there. And the mother of Jesus was there, we hear in St. John, in the marriage he's of Cana. And the mother of Jesus was there at the foot of the cross, and there stood the mother of Jesus. 
And on Pentecost, the apostles were gathered around the mother of Jesus. So she's there. I told you that Father Matteo Crowley belonged to the Sacred Heart Fathers, SSCC. The SS means Most Holy and CC Hearts. It's plural. That's why there's two C's. The Heart of Jesus and the Heart of Mary. And so the model of the enthronement is Nazareth, where the queen was Mary herself, the Immaculate, the model. Her heart is the model of those who understand the Sacred Heart, who want to console, to make reparation. Like when Jesus announced the betrayal at the Last Supper, St. John rolled on himself and wanted to console our Lord. So that should be our reaction at home when, when we hear about a, a scandal when we hear of some profanation or church being burnt down or, or some awful things happening where the family will kneel down and say, my Jesus, we're sorry. And they will make reparation. That is what our Lord is looking for. That is what Our Lady is looking for. Where Mary ranks, Jesus ranks. As Psalm 44 says, the queen stands at the right hand of the king in gilded vestments. So where Jesus is, Mary is. She's the new Esther with the king. And she will plead. And she will plead, of course, if we honor her. She will plead with the king for us. Like Esther did with the king and save her country, her nation. And that will be expressed by the rosary. We know Our Lady has asked for the rosary. But how many homes actually do say the rosary as a family? So, where our Lord rings, Mary is also obeyed. So we have to listen to the queen when she asks for something. Otherwise, we're insulting the king because he sent the queen. So we need to listen to the queen. And she wants the rosary. She wants everybody to wear the scapular. That's the home that our Lord is looking for. So the enthronement is not just an act, it's a beginning. Something changes. Like on the wedding day. You're not the same anymore once you're married. As Father Matteo says, it is to encourage and enable families to begin to lead the sacred heart way of life. A life of love and friendship with the sacred heart of Jesus, the divine head and the loving friend of the home. It's nothing else but genuine Christian living. Every home should be like this. But we need to be reminded that is what a Christian is putting into practice the gospel. So let's look at the preparation that needs to be done for a proper enthronement. Because the enthronement can be done, but if it's done without preparation, without understanding, it will not bear fruits. It will be just hanging a picture on the wall, like we said. And that's not what he wants. So why do we have to prepare for the enthronement? Well, If there's a special anniversary, the 25th anniversary of the parents, if there's a big birthday, if you're going to receive an important guest, the priest comes or the superior general comes for a visit, well, then you prepare your house very well for the event. This is much more. This is the coming of the King of Kings. As I say, it's the nearest to have a mass in the house. What is recommended for the preparation? To read, first of all, read about the enthronement. There are different books about the enthronement. There is the 
the summary is the book by Father Larkin, who succeeded to Father Matteo as the head of this crusade, the whole book on the enthronement. You have a few books by Father Matteo Crowley himself, Jesus, King of Love. There's been many uh, editions. I have here an old copy of it. So you need to and read the ceremony. It's not just the priest coming. You have to prepare things. Read the ceremony in advance. There's different editions. This is one edition of the ceremony. The whole ceremony takes about, if it's done probably 20 to 30 minutes, but it's good that everybody knows about it beforehand. Father Matteo recommends a triduum. Three days of prayer, specific prayer, before the enthronement in the home. The rosaries, litany of the sacred heart, In the book of Father Larkin, we have some text of Father Matteo giving either text of the gospel, but also a little commentary, a preparation of what the enthronement is going to be, to be read by the father of the household. If possible, go to communion, go to mass before the day of the enthronement, go to confession. Everybody should go to confession. And having a throne. The throne is a conspicuous place in the room where the family usually gathers. Our Lord wants to be part of the home, part of the family. And it's not necessarily, I would say, the living room if nobody ever goes there. I've seen homes in Ireland where they had nice living rooms, but life was not there. Life of the family was in the kitchen or was in another room. Living room was very formal. I've seen a, a family in Ireland where they had a big picture of the Sacred Heart, almost life size, black and white, a beautiful image of the Sacred Heart. In the kitchen, at the end of the table, the table was against the wall, and the picture of the Sacred Heart was right there at the end of the table, as if Jesus was standing there. He was part of part of the family. He was like eating with the family, and they were eating in his presence. So it has to be a place where it's easy to look at. If there's a, an argument, if there's a crisis in the family, uh, just a glance at the sacred heart, my Jesus, help. If you're about to lose your temper, look at a picture, my Jesus, help, please, please. If there's a hurt, if there's a, a, an occasion for forgiveness among the children or husband and wife, you can look at the sacred heart, my Jesus, please help. So, it's a conspicuous place. There should be a little shelf or a place where you can put flowers and candles. It has to be really the main place, the head, the center, like the tabernacle of your oratory. It has to be there. You walk in a church and first thing you look at is the tabernacle. You walk in your house and our Lord has the first place. He's the king of this house. The ceremony itself is quite Easily explained. Father Matteo wrote everything. Just a summary. The priest arrives. If the house is not blessed, he can go around and bless the house. There will be a table, not on the throne, but another table away from the throne, a few steps away, where there will be the picture, flowers, candles. And the priest will bless the picture if necessary. And the stat- or the statue. Then the priest will give a little five, ten minute speech on the ceremony about to take place, what I'm telling you right now. 
just to put up the fire. Yes, we want Jesus to reign here and we will really change our lives. And then the priest kneels down with the Father and recites a consecration. The priest and the Father together. Father Matteo says, if you cannot have a priest come to your home, and nowadays if there's going to be a lockdown again and the priest cannot visit homes, you can tell the priest, Father, we're going to do the enthronement on this day at such a time, and the priest can read the prayer with you in front of the Blessed Sacrament in a chapel. It's something possible. So there's the prayer, the Father and the priest, then there's a consecration All the members of the family and all those who are there, they consecrate the family to the Sacred Heart. And there's a few more prayers. And at the end, the priest gives his blessing. And then there's the signature of the contract. It's a contract. There's a certificate where the father will read on this day. He writes the date. We, the family of so-and-so, have consecrated our home to the Sacred Heart. The father signs, the mother signs, every children sign, and all the children sign, and then the priest sign, and we sign the date. And that certificate will be posted on the wall nearby, so everybody can see this home belongs to the Sacred Heart. The signature is very important. If you don't have a certificate, you can write on a piece of paper another image of the Sacred Heart, but that's important to mark the day because every year we will recall this day. Oh, mom, this is the day we did the consecration last year. So let's renew the consecration. And as I say, that's the beginning. Then there's going to be a follow-up. The follow-up as a family. The family must do something according to its capacities. It is, we could say, and you can discuss it as a family, a family resolution. And Father Matteo says, at least morning and evening prayers. Don't forget the morning prayers. I notice as a priest, many, many, many people, many families omit the morning prayer. It's the morning offering to the sacred heart of everything that will happen today. Everything I will do, my thoughts, words and deeds of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So the morning offering is important. Before and after the meal prayers, the rosary Whatever. There has to be resolution as a family. It's a family act. There has to be a family worship of the Sacred Heart. And at night, Father Matteo recommends a short renewal of the short act of consecration. Every evening, short. There are some different formulas. Say the rosary, go to the church, go to Mass if possible for First Fridays, First Friday devotions, the month of June particularly, whenever there's an event in the family, happening with the parents, happening with the children, an event, if there's a birth, if there's an accident, if there's an exam at a school, if there's somebody's in sick in hospital, all this enters into the family life at the foot of the Sacred Heart. Everything is brought to the Sacred Heart. So that's the enthronement. And before passing on briefly to the holy hour in the home, I would like to remind you of the summary of the promises of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary, the promises of the Sacred Heart, the famous 12 promises. And it's God who's promising. 
God was almighty. God who keeps his word. He never failed to keep his words. Not according to our time, but according to his time, of course. I read them as we find them in the different books. One, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life to be a good father, a good businessman, a good mother, a good educator. Two, I will establish peace in their families. How many of our families do not have peace? Well, Jesus is not there. Three, I will bless every house in which the picture of my heart shall be exposed and honored. That is what we are explaining now. Four, I will console them in all their difficulties. Five, I will be their refuge during life and especially at the hour of death. There was one one story of an enthronement that was scheduled to take place on Friday and the father died on Wednesday. But before dying, on his deathbed, he told his wife, make sure you do the enthronement on Friday as planned. And they did the enthronement in front of the coffin where the father was lying dead. That was a Catholic man. I will honor our Lord even when I'm dead. Six, I will shed abundant blessing upon all their undertakings. If you have any project, business project, any or vocation, the grace of a vocation, come and put it at the foot of the sacred heart. Seven, sinners shall find in my heart a fountain and boundless ocean of mercy. Eight, tepid souls shall become fervent. Nine, fervent souls shall rise speedily to great perfection. Ten, I will give to priests the power of touching the hardest hearts. Eleven, those who propagate this devotion shall have their names written in my heart, never to be blotted out. So when you do the enthronement, you invite your family, but invite friends, invite others who have not done the enthronement. So it's an occasion to urge them, to encourage them to do that as well. Be promoters of the enthronement. Twelve, and the last, I promise you, he's speaking to St. Margaret Mary, in the excessive mercy of my heart, that my all-powerful love will grant to all who communicate on the first Friday of the month, for nine consecutive months, the grace of final penitence, that means the grace of dying in a state of grace. They shall not die in my displeasure, nor without their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. Beautiful. Is it not worth living this devotion in order to receive these promises? Go to heaven and have a high place in heaven? Certainly. So let us, to conclude, let us add a word on the holy hour in the home. I told you the, this crusade of enthronement started in 1908, 1907. Father Matteo met St. Pius X. He got healed. He went to the Holy Land and he came back to Chile. 1908, the campaign started. By 1927, as we have seen, there were hundreds of thousands of families already in Chile and Father went to Europe and it was spreading like wildfire. And in 1927, Father Matteo wrote a letter, which we find in the book, where he says, 
Some people want to do more. And I want myself to do more for our Lord. So, he launched this whole idea of a holy hour in reparation, especially for the sins of pride and sensuality, the sins of countries, of rulers, who refuse to bow down before the law of God and the sins of the flesh, which are committed especially at night. So, if there's one or two person or in a house, if not enough, it could be just one hour. But very soon, generous families with five or eight, ten or more people in the home wanted to do a whole night adoration. And Father proposed it. The children, the younger one, take the first hours and then the father and mother comes in the early hours of the morning. So either night adoration or even a whole night, a holy hour of adoration or a whole night of adoration at night between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. Because that's at night when it's the hour of darkness, as Jesus says, and more sins are committed against the flesh and then more sins are committed so we need to make reparation. When, when Judas is wide awake, we must not be sleeping apostles. Could you not watch one hour with me when they're selling me, when they're betraying me out there? Will there be someone praying with me? Could you not watch one hour with me? By 1944, in the U.S., there were more than 100,000, just in the U.S., 100,000 homes more than, were practicing this nightly adoration. So Father wrote another letter, 1944. And he encourages this nightly adoration, whether an hour or, or longer, to unite with the masses being said around the world. Because there are masses saying every, every moment, every second there are consecrations in the world. Father is not appealing to crowds for this uh, select apostolate. He's calling the few, the select few. Our Lord took the 11 apostles and then he took three a stone's throw away to be even closer to him. When Father Matteo was in hospital in uh, Three Rivers in, in Quebec, he wrote this. I have to read to you this passage. It's too beautiful. Ah, he said to a visiting priest one day. As eternity approaches, you understand many things clearly. It's Father Matteo speaking, just uh, five years before his death. You see the things you should have done and you didn't. And you remember the things you did but should not have done. I have been lacking in generosity in many things. But there is one thing I have not failed to do. I have asked much for him. And when I meet him, I think he will be smiling. I suffer greatly because I can no longer make my nightly hour of adoration. He was in the hospital. They even had to cut one of his legs later on. But then, I am consoled by the thought that there are over one million others making night adoration in my name. When he came to the end of his life, he knew because people wanting to make the adoration would write to the, uh, the headquarters of the enthronement, give their, tame, their name, 
give the day of the week they want to do the adoration, the hour they choose, or they would ask the organization to assign them an hour. And many of them were asking, Father, please give me a difficult hour, three, four o'clock in the morning. I want to do, I want to make extra sacrifice for him. One million homes where people get up at night, go to bed and get up, spend an hour in prayer to make reparation, to console the sacred heart. Father Matteo has a little book, it was published by Tan Books called 20 Holy Hours. That's a book one can get a hold of and just follow what's written in the book. Follow the holy hour and change every month. You have 20 months of holy hours you can do. And it certainly would be wonderful. It is a, a wish. And I think uh, if Father Matthew was here, he'd probably do the same. If the, the Fatima Center would take up this crusade and, uh, and launch it like he did. Because if we want Our Lady to ring, she comes, he opens the doors for her son. And when her son is there, he makes us turn to his mother. They're together. We cannot have one without the other. And at Fatima, the angels said to the children, console your God horribly outraged in the sacrament of his love. And so this night adoration at home, whether an hour or all night, is something that would go perfectly in line with the whole message of Fatima. And so let us use all the circumstances and especially in our days which are very insecure with all that is happening to see divine providence urging us to put order in our homes and to turn our homes into Bethany's and Nazareth's. Thank you very much. God bless you. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the enthronement of the Sacred Heart Devotion and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, fatima.org forward slash event forward slash enthronement or call us at 1-800-263-8160. This is a message so many need to hear. In Christian charity, please share it with others. And may God reward you. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us.